The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. Reiki has been proven to bring you balance and peace, as well as improve your health. It's a healing method that works with other alternative methods, as well as conventional medical practices, to encourage and enhance personal healing on a number of levels. Now, to tell you more about Reiki and better health, here is Paula Vale. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Voice America. This is Paula Vale, and you are listening to For the Love of Reiki. And today we have a fantastic episode. We will be hearing about new insights for a healthier back, neck, and central body. My guest today is Dr. Austin McMillan. He is a 2013 Washington State Chiropractor of the Year. And he has numerous other awards and acknowledgments for his work and professional contribution He is in full-time clinical practice for over 25 years with a strong focus on the treatment of mechanical disorders and injuries of the spine and central body. Helping people restore health has motivated him to apply new research to pioneer new approaches for better care. And myself as a Reiki practitioner, we receive Reiki For our pain, clients come to me, they have pain from these type of issues, and it all works together. And Dr. McMillan has wonderful information to share with everyone on what you can do in adding his information into your daily lives if you're dealing with any of these issues. And I want to say welcome. Welcome, doctor. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. It's a pleasure to be here and speaking with everybody else as well. Um, I hope we can provide some good information about things that people can do to try and help themselves and have conversations with their doctors that are a little bit better than what may be currently going on. And uh, also understand a little bit more about uh, what's actually happening that they can do a little bit more for yes to try and get to better health and better quality of life overall. Excellent. Thank you. So happy to have you here. Please share with us just a touch of your background and what you're looking to to give us today. Okay, thanks. Um, first of all, I've been in uh, full-time practice for 25 years and um, uh, I wanted to uh, speak a bit about pain today because it's, there's so much of it going on with respect to necks and backs. Uh, 50% of the people have back and neck pain walking around out there today, and about 80% of the people have uh, or will have back pain or neck pain at some point in time in their lives. And so uh, it, it's a $100 billion a year problem in the United States. It's a worldwide problem, especially in um, in uh more um, industrialized countries. Um, And so it's a conversation that I think we need to have. Of course, the the nice thing is that we're all trying to get to better overall health. 
So it's not really a pain problem. It's a health problem. Yeah. And, um, and I, I appreciate this, this opportunity to speak uh, you know, on your show because uh, we've used Reiki in practice to try and help patients. Um, Reiki practitioners and massage therapists and physical therapists and family docs and specialists and chiropractors, we're all really trying to help people move in the right direction uh, and enjoy a better quality of life. Um, in particular with the conservative uh, care approaches like Reiki uh, and like chiropractic, it really is trying to get the body to a normal state and uh, really focus on trying to get the body's uh, re- body relying on its own internal stability to try and stay healthy. So it's a great opportunity to try and discuss these things you know, on this show and with your audience. And so... Uh, um, I appreciate that. I love it. The background that I bring to the to the table today to try and open up the conversation is the, is an extensive background in helping patients uh, for 25 years. I've got a rehab background um, and uh, completed a certification program in rehabilitation, a postgraduate study, um, which is a three-year program. I've also uh, got papers published uh, in co-authorship on uh, how services are being used in uh, care delivery. Um, I coordinate multidisciplinary care with uh, other doctors and therapists and other practitioners. Uh, So we try and open up whatever avenue the patients may need. And, of course, I'm very strong in trying to help patients do the right thing away from care because the whole point is to not need treatment all the time, especially for a pain problem or an injury problem. It's great to be able to use treatment for wellness. Right. But not necessarily for pain. So if, if we're always back in the pain conversation, I think we're really at a place where we don't want to be. So in a way, it's changing our focus. Yes. Get our focus off the pain and focus on wellness and health yes. and feeling good. And especially with respect to back and neck pain, understanding what the real problems are and looking at what the research is telling us about what the real problems are allows us to make that shift away from a pain focus and into a wellness focus on what needs to be done or what we can do better to try and move in the right direction. Well, of course, wellness is a journey. It's not, a, it's not an event. It's a process. It takes energy to be able to keep moving in that direction. Once you stop putting energy into it, you'll typically go back into the, kind of the chaos side of things. Um, it's like if you stop brushing your teeth. So maintaining some type of focus on doing the right things is always a good idea. And using the research to be able to open up our understanding of what to do makes all the difference in the world. So um, what I want to do today is to be able to kind of talk about what's wrong, uh, then maybe move into a bit of a discussion about uh, what we know is really happening. And then that will lead us into kind of a final discussion about what we can do better to try and help ourselves. Fantastic. Fantastic. So maybe to start that off, um, you know, taking a look at what's wrong with the current system might be a good thing to do. Um, we all know people that have had uh, back and neck issues, yes. right? Yes. And, uh, of course, I'm seeing these people every day. And what I'll try and do is maybe give a few examples along the way uh, of you know, real cases of, of things that happen to people and how they get caught in their traps. Because I think a lot of listeners may be kind of caught in the same thing or, or certainly know people that may be caught into the same kind of a trap. So... I think the, the first big problem, Paula, is that uh, there's, there's way too much focus on the pain and the, and the treatment mm-hmm. of pain. Of course, feeling better right. 
And pain relief is hugely important. We don't want to underestimate that. Pain has been shown to have a toxic effect on the nervous system. A 2004 study in the journal Neurology showed that that, uh, back pain in particular of a more chronic nature can shrink the brain the the equivalent of a 20-year aging process. No. Oh, my goodness. Pain is not a good thing. It's very important to get out of pain. Yes. And so sometimes people are reaching toward pain relief, but they don't realize that that's just the first step. Right. And it's absolutely reasonable to do to take whatever reasonable measure you have to take to get out of pain. Mm-hmm. Okay. We also know that uh, the pain um, creates other problems that we'll talk about in maybe the second segment, um, and that opens up uh, a discussion about what we can do for it. So the, the first problem being you know, too much of a focus on pain leads to another problem, which is the overuse of medication to manage pain. So... Uh, things like the, the recent study that, that uh, showed that Tylenol, which has been used for a long time for musculoskeletal pain, um, really has no effect on back pain. That was a, a review of 13 different major research articles, and it shows that there's really no effect on back pain. But yet, it's being used commonly to try and help pain. Yes. I've got patients that, are on, uh, that use Tylenol all the time to try and self-medicate for pain. So it's not a really good long-term idea to use over-the-counter medications. And the rule of thumb is to try and use those for maybe 10 days and try and knock the pain down and open the door to other things. Um, Other things like epidural injections for back pain have actually been shown recently to be associated with a 20% increase in compression fracture. Wow. So people are using um, epidurals often to try and knock the pain down, which if you have to do that, that's okay. But then we have to come back and try and reduce the risk of compression fracture that we just added, mm-hmm. and then also try and make sure that the pain doesn't come back. Okay. Right. One of the traps with pain management or a focus on pain is that if, if we don't take the steps of managing what's driving the pain, we know that pain typically comes back. So we all, um, from the, the treatment, uh, the healthcare provider, the professionals that are trying to help people with pain, we often know that patients typically come back with the same pain or a relapse or a recurrence. And in fact, the studies show that that really is one of the biggest problems with back and neck pain. So whether you're using you know, uh, medication, chiropractic, uh, simple stretching, uh, energy work like Reiki, um, massage therapy, whatever you're doing, uh, if it's just addressing the pain problem and not the recurrence problem, then you're really still caught within the same trap. So we're really trying to shoot past any particular pain episode and into long-term um, health and well-being. To give us like an overall relief, correct? Not just the pain, but if we can address the pain, but also relaxation or you know, just less stress, I would think, will make a big difference. Yeah, stress is a huge thing. Um, it's often, I describe it to patients like gasoline on a fire. So, I mean, stress doesn't often cause uh, problems independently. Mm-hmm. Um, it will, but if you have a, an existing problem already there, now stress becomes the gasoline on the fire. Mm-hmm. So if, if we start looking at how to move out of um, um, problem focus, and into a wellness focus, that, that's a, a kind of a difficult transition. The healthcare system in general 
is really geared toward focusing on problems. Um, it's, it's geared toward finding a diagnosis or an injury or a problem tissue and then directing the treatment toward that problem. But sh- turning around away from uh, looking at the problem and into shifting on how do we regain the health in that area, the true functional health becomes a little bit of a, a challenge, especially for more traditionally trained healthcare providers. Um, because once the pain is gone, the traditional mindset is that the problem's gone. And we know that that's, that's just not true. We'll talk about that a little bit more in just a few minutes. But the, uh, having that shift away from pain and into wellness is a, is a vital step in trying to figure out how to become healthier. And then as you make that transition, knowing what to do to try and stay away from the pain relapse and try and build up health and well-being, is, uh, it's just critical for everybody. So in my practice, when I talk to patients, I talk about um, uh, coupling treatment with training and a care with fitness um, or care with well-being. You have to start coupling or merging those two things together, okay, or those two viewpoints. Yes. Um, another problem with the, that, that is really kind of rampant within um, especially the United States, but, uh, but healthcare in general is that there's a, a tendency to have the, the person that you're seeing looking at your health and wellness or your problem with their own glasses on. So they kind of look at it from their own perspective. In other words, if you see a surgeon, they're going to try and look for something that they can take out right. or fix with surgery. Yes. Uh, if you go to a chiropractor, they may be looking for something to realign or adjust. Uh, if you go to a massage therapist, they may be looking at an, er- uh, an area where they can bring, get rid of your muscle tightness or tension or yes. trigger points. Yes. And so they kind of look at things from the standpoint of what they do rather than what you need. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, um, that, again, that is another problem within the healthcare community in general. And patients often get kind of caught in that trap. So they, they often go from provider to provider and looking for different answers. An example of that would be a patient that I just saw yesterday who has seen two surgeons, uh, two physical therapists, a massage therapist, uh, two other chiropractors um, over time, um, is doing yoga on her own, uh, is self-medicating on her own, um, and she doesn't really know what to do. So she's bouncing around from person to person, and also, she's bouncing around on Google. So she actually goes online and tries to, to, to flush out information about what will actually solve her problem and get her well. And there, there's been a couple of very good research articles out that really describe that the volume of information that we have out there now with online resources um, available to us with a point and click now, yes, uh, it's confusing to people. They're getting cross-information. They're getting different viewpoints and perspectives. Uh, they're getting different uh, you know, uh, uh, recommendations from blog sites and posts and uh, everything from magazines on down the line to you know, uh, general articles that are written um, uh, on, about general health care problems. And then they try and adapt that to themselves. Um, so people are just confused. And so... Um, what I wanted to do today, again, as we're going forward in the discussion, is really be able to increase the understanding of what is actually going on. 
what the research is telling us is actually happening after back pain, neck pain, injuries, um, and that would include anything toward the central body, the neck, the mid-back, the low-back part of the spine, the shoulder girdles, um, the hip girdles. So basically, if you cut off or, or remove arms and legs, you're left with the central body. Yes. And that really is the true body core. Yes. Okay. So uh, I wanted to uh, then move from, from that discussion on to what we can do about it. Oh, this is... Fantastic information. I just love it. I cannot wait to hear more. And we are going to take a quick break, though, everyone. We will be right back. Okay, thank you, everyone. Are you looking to relax, improve your health, and find balance in your life? Then you need to try the wonderful healing powers of Reiki. Reiki is an energy healing technique that is based on the concept of life energy. At Wellness Inspired, located in Tacoma, Washington, we offer Reiki sessions in combination with other healing modalities to maximize the healing benefits for our clients. We also have one of the few crystal healing beds located in the Pacific Northwest. To learn more about how you can achieve better health and balance with Reiki, visit us at wellnessinspired.com. The healing modality of Reiki has become more recognized worldwide in both the areas of naturopathic medicine and Western medicine. Reiki not only benefits and heals the person receiving the Reiki healing energy, but also the practitioner. Learning Reiki can change your life and the life of those around you. Paula Vale of Wellness Inspired in Tacoma, Washington, has trained in Reiki worldwide and teaches all levels of Yusui and Karuna Reiki. Paula understands that teaching Reiki is both an honor and a responsibility. Go to wellnessinspired.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Kristen Eichel. Join Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki and I, along with millions of other Reiki and energy healers worldwide as we create the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife. Beginning from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. this Saturday and the third Saturday of every month in your time zone, this healing wave of prayer and positive energy will ripple around the planet, creating a 24-hour wave of Reiki, love, and healing to all the members of the animal kingdom. Animals feed us. They clothe us. They comfort us and inspire us. We live with them in our homes and in our communities, and we send this healing wave of light to them to express our gratefulness to them for their gifts to all humanity. Please join with us as we create a new movement of Reiki energy with the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Write to Paula to share your thoughts and experiences with Reiki. Paula at wellnessinspired.com. You're listening to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. We would love to hear about your Reiki stories as well as your questions about Reiki. Paula will answer questions and share stories on the show. Please send an email to Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Again, that's Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Now, back to For the Love of Reiki. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Paula Vale here. And... I am here with Dr. Austin McMillan, and he is giving us some great information about neck, back, central body injury, pain. And in the first segment, if you missed it, he basically 
discuss what's really going on out there. And now we're going to get some information on, on what do we do after the pain or the injury. And Austin, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope the, the first discussion was kind of insightful with, uh, with respect to um, kind of the environment that we're all working in. But I think that the real thing that will help people out is to, is to understand what's actually happening. And in my practice, I tell people all the time that the, that the more that they know, the better patient they can be. Yeah. Um, I've got patients that see me from all over the place, not just my local area, but they'll travel to see me. And um, I let them know that when they go back to their home state or their hometown and they have a healthcare provider there, they need to know what questions to ask and what conversation to open up. And so I share with them the same information I'm going to talk to you about today and, and have your listening audience have a better understanding so that they too can go back and have a conversation with their doctors. I also wanted to just provide my contact information briefly, and I'll go over that again at the end, so that people can contact me directly with questions or concerns. I field questions from uh, my own patients and people in my community and outside my community, and also other healthcare providers. Uh, one of the things that I didn't share with you earlier is that uh, part of my background is that I now go around the country and lecture to other healthcare providers about how to do a better job in providing better uh, care for backs and necks and central body conditions for their own patients. So my contact information is Dr. McMillan, and that's M-C-M-I-L-L-I-N, at proactivespine.com. My office website is proactivespine.com. And we also have an upcoming website that talks about better back and neck fitness strategies that people can use at home. And that website is centraforcefitness.com. So those are my, uh, that's contact information and some resources that people will be able to pull up. Again, the, uh, the site that's coming up shortly for uh, better back and neck fitness strategies that people can use on their own will really be up in, in maybe a week or two. Okay. Um, so shifting the, the discussion into a little bit more of an understanding of what's happening and knowing that pain has a toxic effect on the nervous system, as we already discussed, uh, the real issue is what is the pain actually doing? Mm-hmm. Um, there have been some excellent research articles out since about 2006 that show that with back pain in particular, within about three days' time, their deep muscles in the spine begin to atrophy. And atrophy means that they shrink away. Um, when I describe this to patients that don't have any background in, in physiology, yeah. atrophy really means that the muscles are shrinking away to nothing. And um, they, if, they're, if they're shrinking away, they're not working properly. So the pain is causing them to shrink? It, it's almost like it shocks the muscle. Wow. Oh and the, the muscles that shrink away are the ones that are in the deepest part of your spine. And those actually happen to be the most important those stabilize the individual vertebrae. They help stabilize the disc. They help stabilize the joints. Mm-hmm. And, and within three days, we can actually measure them shrinking away. So it happens extremely quickly. Wow. And so one of the questions that we ask patients when they come in for treatment or help is how long have you had pain? Right. And I had a patient yesterday, that I, a new patient that I hadn't seen before, and her answer was uh, four years. So we're, we already are 
uh, on alert mm-hmm. that the pain has caused so much weakness that the weakness in her back is now contributing to her own problem. Mm-hmm. So the pain shocks the area. Then the muscles become weak. Now they're not controlling the forces and movements on the spine, and that area begins to overload or become damaged from that. Yeah. Okay. And so it becomes kind of a cascading problem. And so now people, knowing that information, realize that if the pain is not gone within three days, they really need to be stepping up their conversations with their doctors. And medication doesn't reactivate the muscle. Chiropractic doesn't reactivate the muscle. Uh, Massage doesn't reactivate the muscle. There's really only one thing that reactivates that muscle, and that is the proper exercise. Oh, so the exercise would be what can reactivate that muscle. Yes. So the, the sequence of treatment then is to break the pain cycle with whatever we have to use that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Okay. The nice thing is that about 95% of the patient populations that have these problems respond beautifully to conservative care, like energy work, right. uh, uh, chiropractic, Massage, Mm -hmm. relaxation, meditation, sometimes just rest is enough. But the measurable weakness is happening at three days, but it has to start before three days. So anybody that has a back or neck problem needs to reactivate those muscles in the proper way. Okay. The problem is, is that most people don't know how to reactivate those muscles properly. They're doing what I call old school exercise, which is down on the floor or on exercise balls or targeting individual muscles one at a time. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't work for that deep set of muscles. So we have to be smarter about how those muscles are reactivated and we get smart by understanding what those muscles actually do. Okay. And that's where the research again begins to open up some insight about how to take better steps or what I call new school thinking to try and make sure that we're reactivating those better so that we bring those muscles back to normal function and we're now shifting the focus away from pain and treatment and into health and fitness. But if, if you don't take that step to properly reactivate those muscles, they'll stay weak and they'll contribute to the pain recurrence the next time around. There was a great article that I lectured to professionals about and the title of the article was why do some patients keep hurting their back? Now, this was a medical article, professional article intended for healthcare professionals. Mm-hmm. And the conclusion of the article was that pain actually has a tendency to go into remission, like cancer. Really? Pain will, wow. it, it, it comes on with, it, with an injury or a problem. It's not always injury related. Sometimes people have pain from conditioning incorrectly. Mm-hmm. I saw a 15-year-old patient yesterday for the first time and he had no injury. He's 15 years old with back pain. The pain has been there for 6 months, so I'm already concerned that his back at age 15 is becoming weak. And in taking his history, one of the the likely causes of his own back pain is that his sports conditioning is doing things that are bad for his back. Right. So his own exercise is probably contributing to his own back problems. So here you have a 15-year-old 
trying to be active, thinking that he's doing the right work. Yes. He has a coach that's giving him old school traditional exercises, and they're now contributing to his back problem. Yes. At age 15. And so if we don't, and this can happen at any age. Right. So if we don't now open up the conversation with him about how to stop his back pain and build the fitness in his back, because we know the pain will go into remission, he's now going to buy himself a lifetime of recurrent back pain. Yes. And that's normal for people. If you, yes. if you look at the general population, they're in and out of back pain all the time. So this research article that said, why do some people, patients keep hurting their back, describes that when a pain goes into remission, we can still measure that the, the deep muscles are not working properly. They're not controlling movement properly. Now, the word control is very important because it didn't say the muscles are not strong enough. Okay? It didn't say that the muscles were not flexible enough. It said that the muscles didn't control movement properly. Okay? So when I'm talk to, talking to patients about different kinds of muscle and different, and different ways to condition, um, strength is kind of like the gas pedal in your car. Okay? Great analogy. But control is like the steering wheel. And what we know about the back it, is that it works differently. It's not like arms and legs. It works differently. And the way that it works differently is it needs to have more control and more endurance. So it has to, it has to work all day long. Mm-hmm. It usually doesn't get a break. And it has to control movement and, and forces an awful lot through its day. Okay. And when we actually back up and take a look at what those deep muscles do that atrophy, those are control muscles. So now we know that when you have back pain, we should expect that if the pain lasts for longer than three days, the muscles are going to shrink away and the control is going to suffer. Yes. And so now we can have a framework to start looking at what kind of exercise we would do to bring those muscles back. And the kind of exercise is control-based exercise. Okay? We'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. Now, how do you know that the muscles are weak? The first way to know is that if you've had pain longer than three days, we suspect that the muscles will be weak. The second way is that if you have recurrent pain, we expect that those muscles are weak already. Okay? A third way is to... to Take an MRI scan, for example, Mm -hmm. and you can actually see the weakness on an MRI scan. The muscles will shrink away, and you can see that they're replaced by fatty tissue. Oh, my goodness. The clinical word for that is called fatty infiltration, meaning that the muscles shrink, and then they're replaced by fatty tissue. Well, fatty tissue doesn't do anything. It just sits there as kind of a blob, and it doesn't help control movement or fitness. Okay. So is the body, because that muscle has shrunk, is filling that with the fatty tissue just for space? It's, like, it's like a pillow. Let's, yeah. let's shove a pillow in there. Yes. And so it's like a filler. But the filler doesn't do anything. And the spine is under forces and loads all the time. And so in order to, to, to try and you know, break that cycle, we have to come back in. The nice thing is that the body does want to get better. And, and it has the energy to do that. We just have to give it the right uh, stimulation mm-hmm. and ask it to do the right work in order to draw that out. And so there's a lot of supportive therapy to that. Um, you know, we're here talk, in, in a Reiki discussion. Yes. Um, 
supporting the body energy is very important in trying to make sure that uh, we've got a good framework for retraining. We know that chiropractic work uh, from recent research actually stimulates the cerebellum, which is where your movements occur, uh, in the brain to give your body more normal movement patterns. We also know that the mind-body connection is very important. There's research that shows that if you imagine, this is solid research, if you just imagine that you're getting stronger, we can actually measure the muscle, get bigger. Yes, I believe it. I believe it. It's attitude. It's, it's the full mind-body connection. Yes. So in making the shift away from pain and into fitness, if we can recruit some strategies that incorporate the whole body, the whole person, and be smart about what's really going on in there. That we have to, we have to use better strategies to reactivate muscle, and get people thinking and Im- imagining that those things yes. can get better. Get the energy right in that area. Yes. Come back to the basics. We can actually have a greater chance of regenerating that area to normal function. Okay. And it can be a long process for people that have had six months of pain or a, a year of pain or multiple surgeries, but we know that if we don't try, that things will get progressively worse. Right. Lastly, one more thing, the, the, the other symptom to, to make you suspicious of whether or not the muscles are weak is stiffness. Because when those muscles get weak, they not only fill in with fatty tissue, but another muscle group has to now take control for, what, for the area that's weak. Mm-hmm. And those muscles don't do as good of a job, so they tend to get stiff. So they jump in and they just kind of hold space. They overwork. Your body starts to use more power. It starts to kind of like, if you don't have control over your steering wheel, you just go to the gas pedal and start to just get through that problem as quickly as you can. So it starts to resort to more of a, of a, a strengthening strategy. And that's also one of the problems with traditional exercise for the back is it tries to exercise one muscle at a time in a very Mm -hmm. unnatural way. And, and it, it over focuses on strength. So those are uh, knowing that those mu- that the deep muscles are more control muscles. We have to shift the conditioning focus away from strength and into control and endurance. Control and endurance. That's right. And we also know that if you feel stiff, because that's usually a compensation for a deeper weakness, or because that that stiffness is because the muscles have lost endurance. Simple stretching isn't the answer either. We have to get smarter about retraining the muscle to learn. To not to be so stiff. Yes. Which is also a nervous system and exercise function. Right? This is absolutely fascinating. This is fascinating. I cannot wait to hear in the next segment how we can work on this. This, I love it. Austin, this, I just love this. And myself, I had no idea that our body worked this way. And very few people probably do. Well, I hear a lot from uh, uh, patients that come see me that have seen other doctors, um, for example, or other therapists. And I'm, all, I'm often surprised about how little information patients are given. Um, I, I call it the dumbing down of the discussion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the research is there, and it really needs to be conveyed to people so that they can understand why it's important to do things a little bit differently. We also know that not everybody has the same knowledge base. You know, I, I, I'm not, um, I'm not great at handling certain aspects of healthcare, like intestinal problems. I, I'm a more of a muscle joint guy, so I'm kind of caught in that trap too. But 
um, if we can open up the discussion for people that are having those kinds of problems and not dumb them down, but actually bring them up. Open their eyes. Open their eyes. Yes. Let them know what the information is so that they yes. can make a better informed choice and have a better discussion with their own doctors. And, of course, if they're not getting any exercise at all, or they're being put on the floor, or giving a, a list of simple stretches, uh, they probably know that they're probably not in the best place to have that problem yes. handled, that they may be outside of that person's area of expertise. Yes. And we all have our limits. So knowing what the limits are is really important, too. Oh, I love that. I love it. Well, everyone, I'm afraid we have to take a, a moment for a break, but... Dr. McMillan and I will be right back. Thank you, everyone. Are you looking to relax, improve your health, and find balance in your life? Then you need to try the wonderful healing powers of Reiki. Reiki is an energy healing technique that is based on the concept of life energy. At Wellness Inspired, located in Tacoma, Washington, we offer Reiki sessions in combination with other healing modalities to maximize the healing benefits for our clients. We also have one of the few crystal healing beds located in the Pacific Northwest. To learn more about how you can achieve better health and balance with Reiki, visit us at wellnessinspired.com. The healing modality of Reiki has become more recognized worldwide in both the areas of naturopathic medicine and Western medicine. Reiki not only benefits and heals the person receiving the Reiki healing energy, but also the practitioner. Learning Reiki can change your life and the life of those around you. Paula Vale of Wellness Inspired in Tacoma, Washington, has trained in Reiki worldwide and teaches all levels of Yusui and Karuna Reiki. Paula understands that teaching Reiki is both an honor and a responsibility. Go to wellnessinspired.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Kristen Eichel. Join Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki and I, along with millions of other Reiki and energy healers worldwide as we create the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife. Beginning from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. this Saturday and the third Saturday of every month in your time zone, this healing wave of prayer and positive energy will ripple around the planet, creating a 24-hour wave of Reiki, love, and healing to all the members of the animal kingdom. Animals feed us. They clothe us. They comfort us and inspire us. We live with them in our homes and in our communities, and we send this healing wave of light to them to express our gratefulness to them for their gifts to all humanity. Please join with us as we create a new movement of Reiki energy with the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Write to Paula to share your thoughts and experiences with Reiki. Paula at wellnessinspired.com. You're listening to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. We would love to hear about your Reiki stories as well as your questions about Reiki. Paula will answer questions and share stories on the show. Please send an email to Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Again, that's Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Now, back to For the Love of Reiki. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Today, I am here with Dr. Austin McMillan and... Myself, I'm probably like everyone out there, either you are dealing with some kind of pain or injury or you know someone who is. And this 
wonderful information, this valuable information we're getting today from Dr. McMillan is absolutely fantastic. And he has opened our eyes up to this point. And now we are going to go into some remedies and a game plan we can come up with. And thank you, Dr. McMillan. I'm well, that's, so the, excited. The game plan is what's most important. Because we can have all the knowledge in the world, but if it doesn't change anything or doesn't give us an, a new way of uh, approaching a problem, uh, it really isn't that valuable. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, uh, especially in my practice with my patients, I'm very much a kind of a bottom line person. I want to know what we can do with that. And uh, I, I'm also a realist because I know that um, traditional kind of old school approaches are often unmanageable for people. Um, you know, if I were to give a patient uh, a list of 30 exercises mm-hmm. to do that take an hour and work on one muscle at a time, chances are that patient is not going to do that. Right. So sometimes the, the way that the problem is approached when, when we don't really understand what the real problem is or what's driving it forward leads us into things that just make, uh, make the action step um, unable to be performed. It, from, from the doctor's viewpoint, we call that non-compliance. So people just don't do it. They, we give them something to do and they come back and they don't, they don't do it. I was, at a, uh, uh, I was asked to uh, speak with one of the local insurance companies a few years back when they were considering um, including chiropractic care within their insurance coverage. So they asked myself and one of the other uh, state uh, doctors who works for uh, the state of Washington, chiropractor, to come in and do a presentation on chiropractic care for them that was research-based so that they could understand what they what was really reasonable to do. And so but to prepare for that, we went up and sat in a room uh, full of doctors uh, that, that worked within this insurance company um, setting as providers, and they were having something that we call a grand rounds discussion. And the grand rounds is where doctors get together and talk about problems that patients have, and they kind of give ideas to other doctors. And it's really a group discussion, kind of like we might be having here, but more on the professional level. And uh, it was really interesting because I sat in the back of the room for an hour and I listened to doctors complain about how patients come back with the same pain. Mm -hmm. And we gave them medications and sent them home, and then they came back and the pain was back. And I sent them therapy, and they did that for eight weeks, and then they came back and the pain came back. And then... They, I told them to rest for a while and took them off work, and then the pain came back. So, you know, we now know that what they're describing is something that we call deconditioning, that it, there may have been weakness at, at, the, at the foundation of that, and that we had to be maybe a little bit smarter in how we were addressing that problem. So uh, I wanted to really take the, the, the first two segments discussion and then talk about what we can do. And... I mentioned that when muscles get weak, there's really only one way to bring them back, and it's through, through the right exercise. And I think that most patients inherently, most people inherently know that if they have an injury, that they need to do some form of exercise to bring it back, even if they don't like to exercise. And really, we could have an injury, and it's like, no, I don't want to exercise. I don't want to bring on more pain. That's right. And in fact, we have to respect the process of injury. If, if the pain came on because of an injury, we have to respect the process of injury. And I also need to talk about the fact that, that there are times when back pain is not mechanical. 
I've seen spinal cord tumors and kidney problems and uh, ovarian cysts and all kinds of things mimicking back pain. So it's very important that if the pain is not going away, that that people also understand that they need to get things competently checked. Okay, it's a safety health issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is that ninety-five plus percent of back pain is what we call mechanical, coming from muscles, joints, ligaments, discs, bone, those kinds of things, arthritis, um, whiplash, and so. Uh, you know, we do need to reactivate those muscles when the pain has been there, and we have to do, it, uh, do that in the right way. I also talked about the fact that those muscles um, are control muscles. They're not strength muscles. They actually control things. They're like your steering wheel, mm-hmm. okay? And you can't drive a car without having control of it. You can have an accelerator, but the most important piece of equipment in the car is the driver, and the second most important piece of equipment is the steering wheel, and the third most important piece of equipment is the brakes. It's not the accelerator. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yes. And so we need to come back and figure out how to, how to stimulate control in those muscles. I'm going to give you a few, few rules on how to do that so that people know whether or not they're following the right exercise program. Wonderful. Okay. So this, this, it's not a cookbook approach. I'm not going to give, and I don't give this to patients, I don't give them a list of exercises to follow. Okay. Because that's not how this works. We have to come back and use what we call criteria. Okay? And to understand what that is, all you have to do is look at another system where you need exercise, and that's the cardiovascular system. Now, people often say, well, what do I need to do for cardiovascular exercise? And the criteria for cardio exercise is that you need to bring your heart rate up to a certain number of beats per minute for a certain length of time, and a certain number of days per week. Okay. Now you have the criteria that you can use to judge any exercise. So we can take weightlifting, and we know that that doesn't raise the heart rate for a certain amount of time, a certain number of days a week. So weightlifting is not considered a cardio exercise against the criteria. Mm-hmm. Okay, But the treadmill is, the elliptical is, the jump rope is, the uh, swimming pool is cardio exercise, going for a run, a fast walk. There's all kinds of different exercises that we could say, yes, that gets to the criteria. So we do the same thing with back and neck and central body exercise. The first criteria is that the exercises need to be done standing up. Okay, very simple. But the, the muscles that atrophy, the deep muscles around the spine, we call it the deep core mm-hmm. or the spine stabilizers. The, 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 those are the names of the muscle groups. Um, they're most active in the standing up position. So traditional exercise for the back has people down on the floor uh, or on a ball or sitting down, for example. Um, But the exercises need to be done standing up. The second thing is that they need to be done freestanding. So they need to be done without anchoring to equipment like cables or bands uh, or a ball against the wall, for example. Mm Okay. Okay. So standing up and freestanding. That brings us to the other four S's of the conditioning program. So the first S, there's five S's, and it's an easy way to remember. The first S is standing. Okay. The second S for proper exercise for the spine uh, and core, and spine is neck and back. The second S is sequences. So we need movement sequences, not individual muscles. Okay. 
the sequences need to be very natural movements as well. So your nervous system likes to control movements, not muscles. And so we need to be doing things that are very natural to the body uh, that, that the nervous system can recognize and start to control the sequences of movement. Okay? Mm-hmm. The third uh, S is synergies. And what that means is that muscles need to be working together in teams. Again, not one at a time. The muscle system actually doesn't work based on a trapezius or a latissimus dorsi or a biceps. Um, those are big anatomical groups, but that's not how they work functionally. They work together with other muscle groups elsewhere, and the nervous system controls muscles a little bit here and a little bit there. So we have to put those synergies together, and so we want to work on muscle teams, not individual muscles. Love that. Okay. The fourth S is that we have to use shifting force control. Okay. So the way that we start to engage control is we actually do that by giving the muscles the normal work that they do. Okay. We don't just try and activate the muscle. We try and give it the normal work that it does. That will tend to bring the muscle back in a very natural way, and the nervous system will be controlling the muscle in a very natural way. So those muscles control forces in three dimensions. So we need three-dimensional force control, and that we call that shifting force control, from one position to another, to another, to another, to another. So what I'm describing are actually very natural exercises, okay? If I ask somebody what natural food is, mm-hmm. they can tell you straight off, right? Yeah. So it's more organic. It's vegetables and, and, and uh, fruits, right? Yes, yes. It's grains and meats and things that are natural. You could go out in the world and find them in the real world. Yes. And so the, 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 the forces that we're looking for are what I call real-world forces, okay? And they replicate these realistic movement sequences that we talked about, mm-hmm. and they... they Activate normal muscle synergies. So see, all these S's actually tie in together. And, and you can get to that very easily by doing your exercise in the freestanding position. That's where muscles start to have to work together as a team. Okay? The last S is that they need to be skills-based, meaning they need to start from very simple exercises and they need to move up in challenge to something that may be more complicated. Okay? Um, doing that actually helps get control over other things that have long-term effects with back pain, like a loss of balance. Many people that have balance problems don't know that back pain and balance go hand in hand. Or back pain and poor balance, I should say, go hand in hand. So we know that seniors um, are, uh, they need to increase their focus on better balance and fall prevention. Many of many seniors have actually had a history of back and neck problems, and the recent research shows that we can actually uncover balance problems as early as age 40. Wow. <clears throat> so we don't want to start looking for balance yes. problems at, at age 70 or 80. Yes. The beauty about all this is that if we can start um, taking care of back problems better and start to incorporate better exercise starting from the freestanding position, and incorporate these other S factors that we talked about, synergies and sequences 
and shifting force control and skills-based exercise. Mm -hmm. It naturally helps improve things like balance and athletic performance and core fitness and other things that people are looking for. Then we can start shifting over and saying, well, now we're going to use chiropractic care and Reiki and massage therapy and our nutritional work and our stress relief more to even further enhance our wellness. Yes. But we're going to use our pain relief strategy and our exercise and fitness to take us further away from the, the pain edge. Yes. Okay. So it's moving us further and further toward the health and fitness and wellness that we're all after. Yes. Better quality of life, better energy overall, better vitality. It really does come back to understanding more of what's going on. Yes. And that... That just makes sense by exercising in ways that are natural to our body instead of ways that are pushing us, you know, in an unnatural way. Yes. It's going to lead to health and improvement. Well, and we have certain strategies that we use. We've had to actually pioneer strategies for better exercise along these lines with people with back pain and with neck pain and with the body core. So if... Um, for people that are suffering from these kinds of problems, all they have to do is contact me, and I'll be happy to share strategies that they can use on their own. Um, my patients know that that our focus in care, uh, I have a chiropractic rehab office, but mm-hmm. our focus in care is to get them doing a better job on their own yes. so that we're not having to treat these problems all the time. Um, some patients require follow-up but they're going, going to require more follow-up if they're not doing the right things at home. So, you know, I invite your listeners to, to again, contact me at, at uh, Dr. McMillan at ProactiveSpine.com, or you can get to my, to my uh, contact through my website, which is ProactiveSpine.com, um, or uh, in a few weeks, link into uh, CentraForceFitness.com for some of the protocols that we use with patients and that I instruct to other healthcare professionals around the country. But we've got very good patient satisfaction once they understand what to do, uh, once they understand how easy it is to do, and how they can take a better uh, role at home. It also is very convenient, uh, cost-effective, and user-friendly. So we don't want to make things hard or difficult. It's, it, it's what I describe as the brushing-your-teeth approach. Yes. If you do a little bit here and a little bit there, but you're consistent at it, you'll start to move yourself gradually in the right direction toward better health and fitness. Oh, I, this has been just such a resource of beautiful information. And I welcome everyone to email Dr. McMillan, or if you have any questions about Dr. McMillan, I can help you with. Email me. I'll forward you to him. But this, this is an eye-opener, and this will help so many people get control of what they're doing. And I'm afraid, doctor, that we have run out of time, but... Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much for having me. It was a pleasure being here oh, and speaking to your audience and yes. hope the information was very helpful, My insightful. It, it was fantastic, so insightful. And a big thank you to all of our listeners out there in the U.S. and around the world. Big hugs and blessings to everyone. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning into For the Love of Reiki. Please join your host, Paula Vale, again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel to learn more about your better health.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.